But when he heard that one of Herod's sons was ruling over that area, he went to the Galilee instead. He went to Nazareth. Nazareth was never named in the Old Testament. It wasn't really thought well of in the New Testament. One of Jesus' own disciples asked in John 1.46, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And though Nazareth was not held in high regard by humanity at that time, God chose this location for his son to be raised. You're looking too far for that need you have inside. You're on a big merry-go-round and it's taking you for a ride. You've got to let go and let go. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast, and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. So tonight I wanted to take us through six prophecies that are found in Matthew's Gospel, chapters 1 and 2. Six prophecies that Matthew thought... These were significant in the birth and the accounts of Jesus Christ coming as a babe in the manger, but also we'll find him in a house. Uh, When the wise men come to him, we'll find him in Egypt and then ultimately in Nazareth. And Matthew chose to select six prophecies from the Old Testament prophets to support the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ concerning the birth of Jesus Christ himself. So we look in Matthew chapter 1, verses 21 through 23, and we find, And she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and bear a son, And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. This prophecy that Matthew mentions here in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23, it comes from Isaiah 7, 14, where it says, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. And that simply meaning God with us. And so the angel of the Lord quoted to Joseph, Isaiah 7, 14, to affirm the message that was spoken to him. And what a privilege it must have been that God gave Joseph to be part of Jesus' life, to rear him as a stepson, understanding that he was the prophesied Messiah. In fact, the angel would say, and you shall call his name Jesus. 
Now, Jesus is the Greek name of the Hebrew name Joshua. And it simply means Yahweh is salvation. And part of the Christmas message that Jesus came as a babe. He was born in a manger and his name was called Emmanuel, God with us. And there is only one Emmanuel and his name is Jesus. Yahweh is salvation. So our first prophecy there in Matthew 1, 23, and also Isaiah 7, 14. The second brings us to the wise men found in Matthew 2, 2. And I'll read verses 1 and 2 from Matthew's gospel. And the word of God tells us, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. So that began the second prophecy saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? That was the question that was laid before Herod the Great. We looked at this a bit on Sunday, and I'd mentioned on Sunday that there was a saying connected to Herod the Great that it was safer to be a pig in his household than to be one of his own sons because this man was a jealous man and already had one wife and two sons put to death because he feared that his throne would be usurped by them. And so you can imagine when wise men came from the east, magi came requesting, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? And their explanation is how they knew that the Messiah had been born. They said, Matthew 2, 2, we have seen his star. Again, we looked at this this past Sunday in Numbers 24, 17, where the prophet Balaam had prophesied concerning the coming of Jesus Christ. Numbers 24, 17, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, a scepter shall rise out of Israel and batter the brow of Moab and destroy all the sons of tumult. He said, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. Balaam understood that Jesus' coming was not in the near future, but it was some distance off, and yet he saw the coming of the Messiah and prophesied concerning him. He also saw the star. In that prophecy, a star shall come out of Jacob. And the only place in the Old Testament where a star is connected to Jesus Christ himself is here in Numbers 24, 17. By coming out of Jacob, it connects it to the children of Israel, that the Messiah is of the Jews. So wise men understood that the star testified of Jesus' coming. And so our second prophecy we find that there in Matthew 2, 2, that mentioned his star, we have seen his star in the east, connecting that to Numbers 24, 17. The third prophecy is found in verse 6. We're going to read verses 5 and 6 of Matthew chapter 2. And they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So when 
Herod the Great heard the wise man's testimony that we have seen a star, he called his chief priest, he called the scribes, and he said, hey guys, where does the Bible say the Messiah is to be born? And you know, they're like, oh, I got this one. I know the answer to this one, Micah 5, 2. In fact, directly quoted here in Matthew 2, 6. We don't even have to go to Micah 5, 2, because the wording is the same. In you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. And out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. They knew and were able to quickly respond. The Messiah is to be born in Bethlehem. The wise men's announcement to King Herod set up the next three prophecies. So it was important for them to be there. Once they made it to the house, Scripture says, not the manger scene, even though we have a manger set up here with three gifts in front of it. Once they made it to the house, so Jesus is a little older now. They fell down and worshipped Jesus. They opened up their treasures of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And yet the Bible doesn't give us the number of wise men. It doesn't give us their names, but only the number of gifts. And it's been said that gold was given because Jesus was born a king. The frankincense because of the beautiful fragrance of his life and the myrrh because he was born to die for our sins. There was only one place where the Messiah could be born, Bethlehem of Judea. The next prophecy found in Matthew 2.15, also in Hosea 11.1. 1. Out of Egypt, it says, I've called my son. Let's see, reading from Matthew 2, verses 13 through 15. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Remember, every time in a dream for Joseph. So think about that when you're dreaming at night. Could be the Lord wants to speak to you. Maybe, maybe not. Well, the angel said to Joseph, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee to Egypt and stay there until I bring word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And he arose and he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. And he was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. That prophecy, Hosea 11.1. One. So once again, being directed by a dream. The book of Job, chapter 33, verses 15 and 16, tells us, In a dream, in a vision of night, when deep sleep falls upon men while slumbering on their beds, then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction. That really fits for Joseph. He opens their ears and he seals their instruction. Joseph wakes up. Mary, I know what we're supposed to do. What's that? We're going to Egypt. What? Remember, he already dragged her from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Now they're heading down to Egypt. And yet they were to flee. It's where we get the Greek word is fugo. It's where we get the word fugitive from. They were to flee or vanish into Egypt. And being obedient to the command of the angel and God's sure word of prophecy... Joseph fled to Egypt with his family until he was given instructions to return. And we wonder, well, where would he stay in Egypt? 
Well, there's a Greek historian who wrote in 40 AD concerning the Jewish people in Egypt that in Alexandria, that Alexander the Great had established a Jewish sanctuary there. And by 40 AD, there were at least, according to this historian that wrote just after the time of Christ, there were exceeding one million Jews living at the time in Egypt. So they might have even had family there. God gave them a place to go. But more importantly, when Hosea 11.1 1 says, and out of Egypt I called my son, it, it causes us to look back to what God did for Israel when they came out of Egypt the first time. How with great power and a mighty hand, God brought them out of Egypt. And it also had them looking forward to the day that God would call his only begotten son out of the land of Egypt. So being called out of Egypt, God called his son Jesus to travel the path of those whom he would redeem. This is a very sad section of the Christmas story. Matthew 2:18 and Jeremiah 31:15 connecting those two prophecies, but picking up in verses 16 through 18. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and all its districts, from two years old and under, according to the time which was determined from the wise men. Then it was fulfilled, which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they were no more. This great slaughter by Herod the Great of the, all the male babes from the ages of two years old and under gives us a clue that Jesus was by this time a toddler. That is why the wise men came to a house and not a manger. And this command that Herod sent forth, it was determined from the wise men when they had seen his star. There was a horrific event that took place at that time. And it comes from Jeremiah 31:15, which we just read from Matthew's gospel. A voice was heard in Ramah lamentation and bitter weeping, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted for her children because they were no more. And this prophecy, though hard to understand, we see the impenitent hearts of mankind. They rejected God's plan of salvation, refusing to acknowledge the Messiah's birth. And we also see Satan's failed attempt once again to thwart the plan of God and the redemption of mankind. 1 John 4.4 4 tells us, though, that he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Concerning this slaughter, Bible Knowledge Commentary tells us Rachel's tomb was near Bethlehem, and Rachel was considered by many to be the mother of the nation. That is why she is seen weeping over the children's death. But I liked what James Fawcett Brown connected to this. A little old English in his writing, or their writing, I guess. Jameson Fawcett Brown, three authors. O ye mothers of Bethlehem, methinks I hear you asking why your innocent babes 
should be the ram in the thicket while Isaac escapes. I cannot tell you, but one thing I know, that ye shall, some of you, live to see the day that the babe of Bethlehem shall himself be the ram, caught in another sort of thicket, in order that your babes may escape a worse doom than they now endure. And if these babes of yours be now in glory through the dear might of the blessed babe, will they not deem it their honor that the tyrant's rage was exhausted upon themselves instead of the infant Lord? May they deem it their honor. And they became for a time a substitute until Jesus would offer his life there upon the cross. So the fulfillment of this tragic prophecy surrounds the Lord's birth. And then the sixth prophecy called a Nazarene, Matthew 2, verse 23. And I'll just finish out the chapter for us, picking up in verse 19. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Man, I, I just, I have a feeling that Joseph... Uh, when he went to bed at night, he might be thinking, I could get a message tonight, Mary. I could get a message tonight. Tonight could be the night. Every time in a dream. Saying, arise, take the young child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the young child's life are dead. And then he arose and he took the child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father, Herod. He was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee. And he came and he dwelt in the city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. Now this is the toughest one of all six because I can't personally pinpoint where it's found in the Old Testament. But I want you to see also that it was plural, that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by the prophets. It was a known prophecy to the people that Matthew was writing. And if you go into the Hebrew language, I'll read a verse of scripture that they connect to this verse, but I can't point it out. And so this is the most difficult of the six. He seems that he was headed back to Bethlehem. But when he heard that one of Herod's sons was ruling over that area, he went to the Galilee instead. He went to Nazareth. Nazareth was never named in the Old Testament. It wasn't really thought well of in the New Testament. One of Jesus' own disciples asked in John 1:46, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And though Nazareth was not held in high regard by humanity at that time. God chose this location for his son to be raised. Although the source of this prophecy, as I said, it's harder to pinpoint. Here's one possibility. Isaiah 11.1 1 says, And there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. A branch shall grow out of his roots. Well, think, well, John... How does that connect with Nazareth? He shall be called a Nazarene. Well, it goes to the Hebrew word for branch, Nazir. And so you have possible connection to Nazarene and Nazir. 
And that's about as close as we can get to this one. We just have to trust. We can find five of the six, no problem, in the Old Testament. We trust that the readers of Matthew's day knew exactly what he was talking about. We may have a little difficulty, but they didn't. We looked at tonight six prophecies that were fulfilled in the birth and early life of Jesus Christ. And the fulfillment of these were solely the work of Jesus' heavenly Father. Some people have accused Jesus of trying to manipulate the prophecies to make it fit him. It didn't have anything to do with the wise men coming to Jerusalem. Nothing to do with King Herod's rage against the Christ child. Nothing to do with going down to Egypt or coming out of Egypt or even being raised in Nazareth. Those things were all done outside of his ability as a babe and a young child. There was a book written in 1948 by Peter Stoner and Robert Newman called Science Speaks. In that book, he specified that of the 60 major prophecies and 270 ramifications, so 330 prophecies of Jesus' first coming, 60 major, 270 ramifications. He said the probability of Jesus of Nazareth that he could have fulfilled even eight such prophecies would have been one in the 17th power. And so if you were to write that out, you would write one and the number one with 17 zeros behind it. And to help us comprehend this staggering probability, he illustrated by 10 to the 17th power of silver dollars to take them and lay them across the state of Texas. Silver dollars across the whole state of Texas, two feet thick. And to mark one silver dollar and to mix it up in the state, to have someone roam the whole state of Texas, dip their hand down one time and pull out the marked coin. He said that would be the probability of one man fulfilling just eight prophecies. And yet, Scripture says 330 prophecies concerning Jesus' first coming, and he fulfilled them all. According to the theologians, these prophecies were fulfilled in our Savior, Jesus Christ. And with all these prophetic proofs, and I think that's why it's important for Matthew, as he wrote to his readers saying, that as it was fulfilled in Scripture, as it was written by the prophets, as the prophet said, everything that he spoke about in these two chapters, he kept connecting to the Old Testament prophecies to prove that Jesus is indeed the Messiah, the King of the Jews. And to this day, the wise come to seek him. He who has been born King of the Jews has also died upon the cross for the sins of the world. But as we know, here in the Christmas season, all the gifts that will be given in the next few days, if you don't open them, then technically you don't receive the gift. And the gift of salvation that Jesus has made available to us, it is there, it's available. All it needs to be is received. It needs to be opened. And we open that gift through faith in Jesus Christ by confessing our sins, 
by believing in Jesus Christ as our Savior. And I pray that you know him this night as your Savior. Father, we thank you for your word. And as we prepare to sing this final song, tonight we thank you, Lord, for all these prophecies that were written for us. They were to help us to be assured of the sure word of prophecy, the truth of your word, that we can stand upon your word because it's reliable and true. I pray, Lord, for anyone listening via the radio, through social media posts here with us live, if they don't know you as Savior, I pray tonight, Lord, that they would cry out to you in life-saving faith. Because, Lord Jesus, your gift of salvation is available to whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord. They shall be saved. I pray, Lord, that this Christmas season, over the last couple of years, such a troubling time in our nation and throughout the world, I pray, Lord, this Christmas, many people will give their hearts to you. We pray in the name of our Savior, Jesus. Amen. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today. And may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today. Let go.